Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, like Billy said, my name is Christian. I am the young adult pastor here and just really, really thankful to be a part of this family and this church. Um, if you don't know me, my wife, Allison, I think she, there she is. There's my wife. Um, and our second kiddo there, Caleb Wilder, was born almost three months ago. And then our toddler, his name is Judah. He's in the kids' room. And if you haven't met him, you need to because he's a blast. Um, yeah, so Allison and I, we went to school here at A&M, graduated in 2016. There's a couple. Um, and yeah, we got to Michigan somehow, Ann Arbor. Uh, no, not just somehow. We, it was intentional. We were obeying God. But um, yeah, got asked to move up there, prayed about it, spent a couple years there leading the college ministry at Antioch, Ann Arbor. And then the magnet of Aggieland got us, and uh, we're back here. So we've been back for about a year and a half and are loving it, loving doing life here, loving being a part of this family and just excited for what we're doing this summer. Um, specifically, I've been really, really encouraged by just the discussion and conversation that I've been able to have with people that some I've known for a long time, some that I've just met this summer and gotten to just grow deeper with like real stuff. I don't know if anybody else has felt that way um, so far in this summer, but the conversations that I've been having over these roundtables have been like meaningful. And, and revelatory for me. I'm like, wow, I had no idea that like God had done that in your life or that he was moving in this way. So that's what we're hoping to just continue here this morning. Um, I'm not gonna talk for a long time. My goal is less than 10 minutes. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but that's the goal. Um, and yeah, we're just gonna really introduce the topic and then let the main time be the discussion here this morning. So. The topic this morning that we're going to look at is let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. And you can find that in Hebrews 10, if you want to open up to that, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. And just before we read that, a quick recap of last week. So Tyler was sharing last week about maturing in our faith, and um, he used one little analogy, which was helpful for me this week. He was talking about um, how the fundamentals of the faith are kind of like the alphabet, right? So they're not to be forgotten and like left aside, but they're just building blocks that you can grow upon. So you learn the letters, you learn the alphabet, those make words, which make little phrases, which can make sentences and then compound sentences. And this is why it was helpful for me this week, because the verses that I was um, tasked with sharing with you on this morning, it's just one long run-on compound sentence. Or... So I was like, I need help because I was a math guy, not an English guy. So we're going to read it and we're going to try to pull out some pieces and get it in bite-sized chunks. So Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Now, that's the sentence. That's one sentence. Um, but it's a really good sentence. So, even though this is 
uh, a compound, complex, whatever you want to call it, sentence. Um, the first thing that I want to pull out of this is that our ability to sincerely draw near to the heart of God actually has nothing to do with us. It has something to do with us, but what we bring to the table would not matter at all if it weren't for the work of Jesus first. And so just, just drawing a couple pieces out, verse 19 says, by the blood of Jesus, and then verses, verse 21 says, since we have a great priest over the house of God. So two distinct elements there, the blood of Jesus and the priesthood of Jesus are like why we even have the opportunity to, to draw near with a sincere heart. And it's pretty easy to miss this reality. Like even as I was preparing for this this morning, I wasn't preparing this morning. I was preparing for this morning, um, just so we're all clear. Um, yeah, as I was preparing, I was like, man, I just had to continually like re-shift and remind myself that it's because of Jesus that we can do this. Because I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to authenticity, it, it feels like it's all up to us a little bit. You know, like we want to be real in general. I think that's something that everybody longs for. It's like we want to be real ourselves and we want the people that we interact with to be real. Um, but we can so easily fall into the trap of thinking that the sincerity of heart peace is totally up to us and like what we want to share or don't want to share. And, and yeah, basically authenticity is like how we present ourselves or, or what we do, not what he's already done. And an example of this like authenticity kind of confusion or cultural deal, whatever you want to call it. When I was in college, pretty sure I was a sophomore and I uh, met this guy who just seemed like really the real deal. And I think he truly is the real deal. But at the time I was just getting to know him. And one of the things that stood out to me about, man, this guy is legit. He loves God and he's, he's yeah, he's just the real deal was he carried around this composition notebook, which I don't know if everybody remembers what those are like, but it's like, you know, that black and white speckled deal where you can write your name on the front. And he had this just filled with Bible verses of things that he was learning about and, and memorizing. And I'm pretty visual. And so this thing just really marked me because as he would open up the pages, it's like all of the pages of this composition notebook were like frayed and tattered and yellowed a little bit. And I was like, man, this is something that he like has poured his heart into. And so of course, the first thing that I do is I go and buy a composition notebook um, from the store, you know, kind of doing this with it. No, just kidding. I didn't do that. Um, but it was just so visceral for me. I was like, man, that is authenticity in, in an object. You know, he, he is, he's legit. He's the real deal. And there's nothing wrong with imitation and like trying to mimic what you see is like legit. But what I missed, at least in the moment, was like it's not about the fruit of authenticity. It's like the process and the heart that led him to that place to begin with, you know? He was like, I want to know God. I want to know the word of God. And this is what people see is like this tattered notebook. But what matters to me and what matters to God is that I'm like drawing near to him sincerely. So what prevents us from doing that? Like, why wouldn't we just do that all the time if there is something in us that wants to be authentic? Um, and other than just focusing on outward appearance, I think the main thing that keeps us from being vulnerable and honest before God is that we often 
just don't fully believe in the redemptive work of his blood. Um, and consequ consequently, we end up walking in a lot of guilt and shame because it's like, okay, maybe there's more to be done that hasn't already been done. And scripture is actually pretty clear on this, uh, this note. John 15 verse 3 says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And then it says in Ephesians 5, 26, it says, um, or 25 and 26, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And then again in Hebrews 10, it says, for by one sacrifice he is made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. So there's a little bit of a tension in this last verse of like, he is, he is made perfect and being made holy, it like feels a little bit of a tension there. Um, and it's tough, tough to grasp. And I think our human nature, because we are so familiar with our sin and our shortcomings, to lean towards the, well, I'm kind of being made holy more so than I am like he's made perfect already. But things like this, I, I'm not up here saying that I fully understand how that's possible or how that works with one another. But I will say that the older I get and the more that I learn how to trust God, the more I'm willing to say like, okay, I don't fully understand that, but you said it, so I'm going to trust it, you know? And that's not to say don't keep asking questions and don't keep trying to learn and seek his heart. But I'm like, God, if you said that I'm holy as you were holy and that you've made me perfect, I'm just going to trust you in that, you know? <laughs> Even though there's things still in my life that would not would not speak to my perfection. I'm, I'm going to trust you, you know, and I'm going to trust that when you say um, that I'm holy and I can approach you with freedom and confidence, that I'm going to go ahead and do that, you know. So anyway, the enemy's desire in all of this is that we wouldn't believe that we can approach God with a sincere heart. He wants to sever that connection any way he can, um, and he wants to use guilt and shame to do that. So a couple things in regards to guilt and shame that I just wanted to touch on real quick because scripture is pretty clear about that too is in Romans 10 11 it says as scripture says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame and in Isaiah says similar thing but it says will never be stricken with panic. So Jesus never intended for his followers to approach him with guilt shame or anxiety, uh, in the same way that he never expected us to be able to have a relationship with him without, uh, without his perfect sacrifice first. He, he knew that he was going to have to do the heavy lifting, you know, and, and he went ahead and did that, and so he doesn't expect us to, like, come with a heavy heart of anxiety or guilt or shame. He just wants us to come to him purely. So in our culture today you hear a lot about like living your most true self or living your authentic self and I think even as believers we can get caught up in this a little bit um, and and feel this cultural pressure to prove to ourselves or prove to other people or even prove to God that we are the real deal um, and I think this just forces us to live I've heard it said living for forgiveness rather than living from forgiveness um, and it makes it impossible to approach God with a sincere heart when we do that, you know? It's like if you come to someone and you have this ulterior motive of like, I want you to like me, there's no way that you can like have that interaction 
totally authentic because the whole time you're like, okay, do they like me? Oh, maybe I said that sentence wrong. They probably, oh, I'm a, I'm a weirdo. Why did I say that? You know, versus if you're like, I, I don't have any like other motive than just to get to know you and, and love you. And I think that that right there is a big differentiator between what got me and ultimately my family to stick with this family over other places and other organizations that I've been a part of. It's like you always, not always, you generally tend to feel the other motivations of whatever organization you're like getting involved in and, and what mission they're on. And here, the mission is like, we want to be with Jesus. You know? Our vision statement as a church is to present to Christ a radiant church ready for his return. So it's all about his heart and meeting with him already. So that's what you get. Like the only possible ulterior motive that you could get with a conversation, if we're living it <laughs> the right way, is, yeah, 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 we, we um, just want to love Jesus and know him. So I'm going to do that with you right in front of me. So anyway, I got off track here. Where was I? That's just been my experience, by the way, here at this church. Um, yeah, so it's, it's difficult to grasp that, um, that we can fully enter into his presence. Um, and, but it says in Ephesians 3, again, it says in a lot of places if you read it, um, it says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. Um, we're going to throw up some questions on the screen. So the first discussion question that we're going to talk about at our table is just what makes it difficult for you to draw near to God with a sincere heart? Maybe it's those things that I mentioned, maybe it's guilt, shame, anxiety, or maybe it's any of a number of other things. So we're going to take the next eight to 10 minutes at your tables and just talk about that with your group, and then I'll come back.
right. Well, if you're still discussing, you can keep discussing that, but I'm going to introduce the second question for us real quick. So discussion topic number two, how do you feel or how do you most effectively draw near to God and how does your attitude towards him change after you do? So if you're still on question one, you can finish that up and then jump into question two, which is a two-parter. So there you go.
right, well, go ahead and start wrapping up your discussions. You can continue them over lunch if you're midway through. Um, but a couple things. So um, if you noticed, the elements of communion have been placed on your table. So we're going to do that here in a minute together. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get the worship band to come up as well um, for, for that here in a little bit. But yeah, just wanted to kind of tie, tie the loop on this. So we, I've said this before, but we, we are a people who do want to just continue to grow in authenticity and grow in, um, in connection and community with one another and with God. And so if there are things this morning that you feel like, you know, God revealed to you or, or you heard something that someone else said that really connected with you, I'd really encourage you to pursue that. Um, especially when we talk about drawing near to God with a sincere heart. Um, just hearing in our conversation this morning about, you know, posturing ourselves before the Lord in, in a new way, in a fresh way. And whether you've been following Jesus for a week or, you know, 10 years, or you're not following Jesus yet, and you're still questioning and wondering, hey, is, is there something to this Jesus guy? And is there something to, to God? Then I would just say, regardless of whether where you are on that spectrum, being vulnerable and being authentic is like the best best place to be and the best way to start. So, um, I'm just going to pray for us um, and just pray that this this idea and this topic of drawing near to God with a sincere heart would be something that um, doesn't just pass us by and that we don't just you know kind of move on to the next thing. So. God, thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for these conversations, and I thank you for your word and the way that you clearly spell out that it is unmistakable that you want us to draw near to you with a sincere heart. And not only do you want us to, but you've actually done the hard work to make that possible, that you have died on the cross for us, you have made a way, you've broken through that curtain that separated us from you. And you said, I want to be your father. I want to be your friend. I want relationship with you. And you don't have to work yourself up. You don't have to make yourself perfect and have all the answers in order to do that because I made a way. So Jesus, we just thank you for that, uh, that authenticity, for that um, connection that we have access to through you and through your blood. Amen. All right, well, um, like I said, we've got the elements of, of communion at your table if you want to go ahead and grab those. Um, and I just felt like this morning, this is maybe one of the most relevant topics that we could <laughs> be discussing prior to taking the Lord's Supper. Because um, the, the history of this and the, the tradition of this comes from a place of authenticity and, and comes from a place of connecting to God in a very real way and, an, and a solemn way, a sobering way as well. And it says in 1 Corinthians, Paul's talking, he says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And we, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body for which, it's, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So just coming to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings, that's, 
that's our posture. That's our heart when taking this. It's not just to, to check the box. It's not to do this because we're Christians. It's, God, we want to remember what it is that you've done and sincerely come before you and say that it is through you and only you that we have this, this relationship. So if you would, go ahead and take that bread um, and just remember what it is that he's done, that it's his body that was broken for us. And after that, if you take the cup and do that in remembrance of him, that it was his blood that was shed. It was his blood that was poured out on our behalf, that perfect sacrifice that we might know him and, and have a relationship with him. So Jesus, we just thank you once again this morning just for the reminder of what it means to draw near to you sincerely, God. We thank you that we don't have to put on a show. We don't have to pretend like everything's fine when it isn't. We don't have to, um, yeah, we don't have to make, make this face and, and try to present a version of ourselves to you that isn't true because um, you see right through it anyway, Lord. And God, I just pray that this morning and this week as we go out, Lord, that we would be ones who know your heart and we would be ones that are, uh, are totally content in entering into your presence uh, with no ulterior motives. That we would just say, Lord, it is you and you alone that we want to know, that we want to hear from, that we want to live our lives for. And, and I've come here this morning or this afternoon or this evening or the middle of the night because I want to meet with my father and I want to know what he has to say about me. So, God, we just thank you for the way that you have made for us to come to you, Jesus. We don't take it for granted. We say thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And we just say you get the glory for it in Jesus' name.